broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Question I threw out there, how close is this team to being good? How much tweaking or cleaning up still needs to be done? 69187, keyword r That is a text line. Of course, you can always hit us up at 702-365-9200. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Danny, he's in for DeMond. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We have Amber Theo Harris from Sirius XM Radio coming up in just a few minutes to break down all things silver and black. Got a couple good uh, text messages here. Mailman Raider said, man, we went that same direction. Taking the corners opposite of stud, a la Damon Arnett, uh, across from Jeffrey Akuda, Kobe Bryant, and Sauce Gardner. That never works out for us. Shaking my head. We need a solid draft. Uh, we also got one from the 707. Regarding the question, whatever anyone calls or texts with, for the need of the team, they'd be right. All right. That was thought-provoking. Thank you for that. I do appreciate it. Uh, from the 510, Raiders need three to four more solid pieces on their front seven. Don't care what positions. They just need some solid linebacker and D-line play outside of Max. I like that. That was a really good one. Definitely appreciate that text from the 510. You can keep those coming in. LJ hit me up on Twitter and said, I have not been comfortable with Keelan Cole receiving or returning, especially now with Hunter out. I'd like to see Dylan Stoner get some run. Solid returner and sneaky slot guy. And I'll tell you what, Keelan Cole does make me nervous. He, he made a nice catch at the end of that game against Denver, but uh, whenever the ball goes in his direction, man, if he's a receiver or punt returner, whatever the case may be, I do get a little bit nervous. I just feel like he doesn't, he doesn't lock in and be, and he's not 100% focused all the time. And so that makes me nervous. You can keep those texts, those tweets, those calls. Keep those coming. We do appreciate you. We're joining us now on the phone lines, though, from Sirius XM Radio on the Silver and Black Show is Amber Theo Harris. And, Amber, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you as always. And before we get started, I just want to, you know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I want to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving and I always appreciate you. You as well, Q. I hope you guys uh, enjoy each other, enjoy uh, uh, hopefully the quiet, and, and, I, and I hope you have the day off as well. Is there ever a day off in our business? <laughs> no, no, but maybe maybe a few hours to eat some dinner with the fam. Exactly. That's exactly what we're going to do, and we're going we're gonna to make the most of it because that's, well, like I said, that's what we do. But Amber, let's, uh, let's get into the silver and black. They pick up a victory in Denver. They sweep the Broncos. Obviously, that's a big deal. Season hasn't gone how they wanted it to, but what did you see from the Raiders? in particular on Sunday against the Broncos? I think you have to start with the defense playing a lot better and making pivotal plays. That was the one thing that's been missing all season. This this is a defense that is, I believe, still last in turnovers, 31st in the red zone. So where it really matters, the defense has been coming up short. And against the Broncos, granted they were a team that was scoring, what, 14 points a game right. or something, right. averaging coming in. Uh, they did hold them to under 20 points, and that's the first time that – the Raiders defense has done that against any team this year. Um, so that was encouraging Max Crosby coming up big at the goal line with the Melvin Gordon force fumble um, and then blocking the field goal. Those are the types of plays that this Raiders team is going to need, especially on defense. We need those takeaways, even though the, the force fumble wasn't a takeaway, but we need those big right. plays um, that can complement what the offense is doing a little under told or underreported story is that the offense is number one in turnovers, meaning that they don't turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. They're number one in the NFL. 
So when the offense is doing its job protecting the football, defense has got to give them one or two a game. They've got to win that turnover battle, give them one or two a game. And I think that was a huge difference um, in the, in the game against the Broncos that they can take into the Seahawks. You know, and I'm glad you brought up Max Crosby and blocking that field goal and, and knocking out the, punt, the the ball from Melvin Gordon. And uh, unfortunately for Melvin Gordon, he ended up losing his job the next day. I mean, they just waved him immediately. But I asked Coach McDaniels on Monday, I said, hey, how big was that? And not only just because it kept – Denver off the board, but it also gave that energy and that excitement and that just emotion on the, the Raiders sideline going into the locker room, something I felt like they've missed a lot this season. Yeah, and that's those are the I've been saying this on the Silver and Black show over and over again. You need momentum changing plays. You need plays that galvanize the team at the right moment. And the Raiders were severely lacking, grossly lacking in those types of plays on defense. And so it's contagious, those types of plays. Once you get that feeling, it's addictive, right? You want that feeling again, and you know you can have it. So having some of the young players on defense feel that, I think it's going to be a positive and, and understanding how critical that can be in, in changing the game. And Amber, I don't want to sit here and spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes just bragging on Max Crosby, but look, he gets paid in the offseason. A lot of times, and you've covered the league a long time, a lot of times these things go different ways. You see Chandler Jones across from him. He got paid. He hasn't really, you know, showed up to the party that much this season uh, like the Raiders expected. How impressed have you been with what Max Crosby's been able to do after getting paid, continuing to work as hard as he does? It's impressive, but if you know Max or you followed him in his short career, it doesn't surprise you. Right. That's the way he is. He's a high motor individual. He's he doesn't do anything half ass. I bet when he when he does the dishes, he doesn't do them half ass at home. <laughs> like he's right. just a full on a hundred percent all the time kind of a guy. And that's why he's such a leader. And in my opinion, starting to make a bid for MVP for defensive MVP. Um, definitely a pro bowler again. But yeah, this doesn't surprise me that uh, the energy that he brings every single snap, because there's very few players in the NFL that have that, especially after they got paid. Um, and he just and those are the great ones. Right. Those are the ones that go on to glory. And who knows what the rest of his career will, will hold. But, man, is he exciting to watch. He's the number one person that every offensive coordinator has to circle and say, OK, we got to know what he's doing every single play. He's the one defensive player on the entire Raiders roster that you need to account for because he can completely change the game by himself. But he's infectious and he's exactly what this defense needs. He's a captain. And I really do hope that now that they had that feeling last week that they feed off of, of Max's energy because it, it's it's super fun to watch. And look, you know, I do look at other players that got paid like Darren Waller. You know, I, I'm not saying whether he's hurt or not hurt or whatever. And I know that he is, you know, spoken out that he doesn't listen to all that. But look, I'm sorry. You, you know, you find a way to get out there. And I would believe that Max Crosby in the same situation uh, would very much still still be be out there that's just my opinion a player like max crosby would be oh i agree i agree all i can think of is him in that preseason game his rookie year uh having them tape up his broken hand and get right back into that preseason game because he wanted to make sure he made the roster that's i will never ever forget that memory of max crosby it's like always yeah entrenched. ronnie Lottett, man <laughs> yeah he's old school right like, <laughs> right just cut the finger off or whatever they did <laughs> right exactly and uh, well, he's old school right and, and we i love that mentality and we saw Nate Hobbs do that in the Kansas City Chiefs game, right? He broke his he broke his thumb or he broke his finger, and he went and put a club on it. And I know he's on IR, but he's he's looking to come back. And Amber, how big would that be if, if the Raiders' defense could get Nate Hobbs back this week against Seattle? 
That was big. You know, I remember you had that, uh, you know, that, uh, that blitz uh, sack back. Mm-hmm. He, he can make the big plays. I forget what game it was. Maybe it was against the Cardinals, I want to say. I think uh, so. But I he think can make so. Big, yeah. yeah. He can make big plays. And that's what they're lacking. I know I sound like a broken record right now. <laughs> but the defense couldn't stop anything, right? right? They couldn't stop anything for a while there. And I'm concerned about that uh, going into the Seahawks because the Seahawks lead the league. And uh, in big plays, mm-hmm. right? They can hit you downfield, and before you even have a chance to look up, you're down fourteen nothing, and that's what scares me about this secondary. So they they could definitely use Nate Hobbs in the secondary, but also what he can bring with those blitz packages and mix it up a bit and add some more pressure uh, to Geno Smith, who's uh, my gosh, I mean. I can't believe Geno Smith has is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. If I would have told you that on on September first, right. by week twelve, Geno Smith is going to lead a top five offense, and he is going to be completing seventy two percent of his passes. <laughs> you would have told me. You would have told me that I, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing this profession. Right. I would. Uh, I would actually say. I would say, Amber. I thought we were friends, and friends don't lie to friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that just shows you how crazy the NFL is right now. And, you know, it's not just Geno Smith. I mean, you look at, like, the Tom Brady's and the and Aaron Rodgers and all those, you know, traditional guys that you believe would be at the top of the standings as far as quarterback rankings. They're not. It's like a new a new regime is not only taking over, but people that we kind of didn't expect, right. which is like Geno Smith. So, and, you know, people like Tua having a great season, yeah. too. You know, I don't think we fully expected that. So, uh you know, either way, um, you know, I think it's going to be very difficult going into Seattle because of number one, the Raiders have not won there since 98. Mm. Can you believe that? Wow. I didn't realize that. Wow. They have not won. Um, and it's a very tough place to play. It's always cold. It's always rainy. Um, and that, that big playability, everybody talks about Kenneth Walker. Oh, you know, he's dangerous. This rookie running back. It's the big playability of good old fashioned Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. that scares me much more than, than Kenneth Walker at this point. No, I got you. I got you. That's a good nugget there. I didn't realize it had been since 98. That's a long time, man. I can try to think what I was doing in 98. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. I don't think I yeah, want to know. I know what I was doing and thank God there wasn't phones. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Camera phone. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Amber Theo Harris here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And uh, one more question about the defense. Jerron Harmon, I mean, he's a veteran's veteran. He's been around for a long time, was with New England, uh, bounced around the league. Now he's with the Silver and Black. How important do you think he's been, not only in the game against Denver, but just this season as that veteran leader on the back end of that Raiders defense? Well, for the first time, we saw him wearing the red, or excuse me, the green dot uh, mm-hmm. on his helmet, which means he's the one uh, receiving the play calls. So he is absolutely the leader there. Usually, you know, it's interesting. A lot of times, that's a, that's a linebacker, especially like a middle linebacker. Right. But they don't really have that on this team, especially with, uh, you know, the way the linebacking core has been swapped in and out. Um, and by the way, Denzel Perriman had a good game. Yep. It, it was nice to see him back out there. But to have somebody like Jerron Harmon, who, by the way, we speak about that, um, you know never say die energy and mentality that Max Crosby has. Duran has that. Duran's never missed a game except for his very first game of his, of his rookie season, 10 years in the NFL has never missed a game. He goes out last week, goes out of the game. Uh, He told me after the game, I was texting with him. He was just cramping up. It it looked like a leg injury. So that's Mm -hmm. what scared us Uh, just cramping up, but to come right back in, you know, that was, that was big as well. Um, but to see the young guy, Taylor, uh, why am I blanking on his name, come in, Taylor Hall, oh, Hall and yeah. have a big have mm-hmm. a big play at his place, that was really encouraging, too, to come in and get the, the sack. So 
But yeah, I think having Deron back there to ask, answer your question, especially somebody that's been with the Patriots, it's been to three Super Bowls, that knows how to win, knows the mentality it takes, um, is is great for the young secondary. And, and you know, he's coaching up the, the Sam Webbs, uh, you know, that are making some mistakes out there. I hope Trayvon Merrick has taken advantage of yeah. Deron being there. I'm not sure it doesn't doesn't look like he is right. uh, by some of the play. Uh, but yeah, Duran, I think is just a breath of fresh air for that for that defense as far as leadership. I agree, and and I'm I'm still curious on Trayvon Merrigan what he's going to do. He had a promising rookie year, but he's really regressed, you know, a lot this season. So I don't know if it's the hip injury, I don't know if it's the scheme, I don't know if it's a combination of the bo- both. I don't know. I mean, everyone asked me what's what's going on with your boy because I was a big fan of his coming out of TCU, but it seems like he's taking a little bit of a step back. What have you seen from Trayvon? Yeah, and he's a second round pick, right? Yeah. I mean, he was yep. what. 2020 or 2021 second round pick. I mean, that's that's a high miss yep. again for the Raiders if they do indeed miss on him. And, and I know they're not there yet saying that he's still developing. But this is what I see. And this is this sounds so simple. But sometimes when you when when you're part of a team or you cover a team, you can't see the forest through the trees. This is the forest. Every time I look up and I'm watching a play and there's a missed assignment, there's a missed tackle, there's a, a, a big play from the other team. I, I go, who was that? And I look at the number and I go, that's Trayvon Merrick. Yep. And that's that to me is the biggest indicator. Just the eye, that's the old good old fashioned eye test. So simple that he's not doing what he should do. Um, he's not developing the way he should develop. So I, I, I wish I had more in-depth uh, analysis. It is that simple to me. I agree <laughs> that he's he's not there. He's not around the ball. He's not in the right position. He's getting beaten. He's not tackling uh, fundamentals. So that's what concerns me, uh, just to be blatantly honest about what I see every single game repeatedly. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's exactly what I'm seeing. I think sometimes it is just a good old eye test, and it tells you all you need to know, right? And it's just, yep. just not where he needs to be. Again, uh, talking with Amber Thea Harris here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Let's flip over to the offensive side of things. Of course, Devontae Adams had a monster game again, uh, walk-off, ke- touchdown catch. I don't know. I say, I've been saying it all week. I don't know how he gets so wide open, except for I do. His route running is incredible. His route running is incredible, uh, but he is going to go up against, uh, and I, I'm, ex- I'm really excited about this, the rookie, uh, Tariq, uh, what's his name, Woolen? Yeah, Sorry. Tariq Woolen. Yep. Uh, t- yeah, yep. Tariq Woolen. Uh, all these rookies, by the way, are balling. It's like we have to learn all these <laughs> new names, but this has been a great rookie class. Yeah. Uh, great rookie class. A lot of people that we, did, we didn't really know about or expect has, has been stepping up, and Tariq Woolen is one of them. Obviously, Kenneth Walker is another one. you got to tip your hat to Pete Carroll mm-hmm. and the Seahawks uh, for the John Schneider, the way that they have they Kobe have Bryant, they got Kobe Bryant in the Kobe secondary Bryant, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just on the plane with James Jones. We were both coming in from LA and I looked at him and I said, we, you know, I'm looking at some film and we, we didn't mention in our meeting this, this, this Tariq uh, Woolen and, and, and Kobe Bryant are somebody that I want you to look at when we get to the facility and let's do a whole segment on, on the young secondary, because look, we saw Devontae Adams clearly get the best of Patrick Sertan last week in the first matchup though. That wasn't the case. No, uh, Patrick Satan did a nice job against Devontae Adams. It was about a 50-50 split when we look at the amount of times he was targeted in that first game when when Patrick Sertan was one-on-one with him. It was eight times. He caught four passes. I say that's a win for a rookie or a second-year uh, cornerback yep. going up against one of the best in the business. Uh, last week, I loved uh, him waving bye-bye hmm. and, and him saying he's not ready. I think that's really great for this team, by the way, that this offense to have that kind of swag, a yeah. little bit of trash talk. I we talk about Max Crosby and the energy that he brings. I love seeing Devonte Adams, a guy that's that has won 
you know, a guy mm-hmm. that has been to the top. Like he knows what it takes. I love seeing that. I think that's going to be infectious as well. That kind of swag and that confidence. But I'm uh, this Tariq Woolen is he runs a four two six forty. He is fast. Yeah. So Devontae Adams is going to have to really run those routes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because. <laughs> This is a this is a kid that no matter if he makes a mistake and is beaten by good route running, he could catch up. He might be able to catch up, and uh, that's where my eye is going to go right away. I'm really interested to see how they are going to use him against Devonte. Like, are they going to actually have him travel with them or one on one? What are they going to do? I would love to see, especially the week after he right. he embarrassed Patrick Sertan. I don't know if they want to challenge Tariq that way. I I would if I were the Seahawks. I'd be like, look, the way you've been playing, you lead the league in takeaways, right? right. He has yep. like five interceptions, yep. seven takeaways. Yep. Go up there, play against Devontae Adams. Let's see what you got. <laughs> and right. if you keep getting beat, we'll give you some help. But no I would doubt. love to see that. Oh, I would love yeah. I would love to see it. I've been told, I've been told multiple times that that Tariq's just gonna stay on one side and Kobe's gonna stay on the other side, and it's just gonna be like, you know, left side, right side, but we'll see, right? I mean, okay. who knows how the game goes? That could change quick, fast, and in a hurry. <laughs> that's good insight though, because I was wondering that this morning. So that's good that's insight. I hadn't heard that. So we'll see. It could change in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, no, it really can. And, and Pete Carroll wants to win games, and so if it's going one way or the other, he could decide. Hey, hey, rookie, you're on this guy. Go, go, go figure yeah. it out. You know, so that go would be that would be a lot of fun to watch. Well, finally, as we wrap up, I want to talk about Josh Jacobs. We've talked about him so much this season, and I spent a whole show yesterday dedicated to Josh Jacobs and what I feel like he's earned and what the Raiders should do moving forward with him. We know about the fifth year option decline. We know he's going to be a, a unrestricted free agent after the season. Amber, should he be an unrestricted free agent after the season? If I'm <laughs> If I'm Dave Ziegler, I'm not letting him be an unrestricted free agent. Right, right. <laughs> I'm I'm doing something to sign him and keep him here. Do you know how hard it is to find, you know, an every down running back in the NFL about a bell cow? Right. Uh, it's hard. You, you can't find and, and you know, a guy that can catch out of the backfield and give you those kind of yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's. I know it's going to cost money. Uh, and it's tough to extend, give extensions to running backs because of the system the statistics showing the shortness of their career um, and how they fall off really quickly, but he's still young. Uh, He's tough as nails. I I would not let him go to free agency. Um, You know, I I hate the franchise tag. I think he deserves a franchise tag. At least Uh, I hate it for, uh, it just puts, it puts the organization and the player in, in this weird, uncomfortable spot. Mm -hmm. Both, you know, it kind of creates a weirdness that nobody ever gets over. Um, and so if you like a guy, I say, just give him, give him the contract. And I don't see how you're going to find somebody better than Josh Jacobs right now that I think is, you know, he's on the up and up. Uh, he has a lot left in, in him. I don't think you should be as concerned about the longevity of his career. Um, you know, as you might be with some other running backs. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, I always hear everyone tell me that, well, you know, Q, he's in a contract year. You know how these things go. You've covered the league long enough. I was like, I know, I know, I know. But, Amber, to me, this whole scenario feels different. Like, Josh Jacobs has proven who he is, what he is to this franchise. And I feel like he's much more than just a running back. I mean, he is a key cog to that locker room, in my opinion. Well, also, too, that you have to just, you have to differentiate between – Guys that are balling in a contract year after their fifth year option wasn't picked up and guys that are balling in just a contract year. There's right. two that's different, right? Because a lot of guys that their their fifth year, you know, that were drafted with an organization, I'm and I'm talking about every position, right? right. Drafted with an organization, their fifth year uh, option is declined. They 
they they don't rise to the occasion. You know, they get yeah. huffy and puffy and they're babies and they don't say, all right, I'm going to show you. More so, they kind of fall off and prove the organization right. But sometimes they don't. They they do a Josh Jacobs. And so to me, that shows what he is made of, that he could have been like, well, forget y'all, this and that. He 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 didn't he didn't ever do that. He was just like, all right, cool, let's move on. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kick ass and show you what you you know that you did make a mistake by not giving me that fifth year option. So also too, if you I mean I've had a chance to interview him pretty in depth mm-hmm. in his story, right? What he's made of, what he has been through in his life. I think that prepared him to he, he's never been handed anything. So he's built differently. He he didn't lose his composure or you know, act like a Baker Mayfield or something when his fifth year option is declined. You know, right. he didn't do all of that um, because I think he takes things. He he rolls with the punches because he had to his whole life. And that's something I would consider as as a GM is what are they made up of? You know, I feel like that is the kind of guy that is going to play hurt after a contract extension, unlike other players. I, I mean, I would put my money on that. I know we're here in Vegas. I would put money on that. <laughs> I would I would take that bet. Yeah. Whatever that is, I would take that bet. So. He, I agree with you. He's he is different. It's a different situation than other running backs. I would give him money. I would extend him. You know, maybe not a long extension, maybe like a two year extension. But then he probably would, knowing you know, I would turn it down if I was Josh Jacobs. Right. I would. I would just be like, all right, let me let me hit the market then, because he could go get a lot of money somewhere else. But Dave Ziegler can't afford to let him go. Neither can Josh McDaniels. I don't. I don't think so. And even talking to Coach McDaniels, it, it almost sounds like you know the plan that they had for him going into this season changed because of what he's done. Right. He's proven that hey, you could have a plan, but your plan is going to be changed because of what I'm going to show you. And he's done exactly that. He's gone out and shown yeah. them. And I, I thought he it's, changed. He changed uh, an entire offensive coach whose mind coach whose mindset has always been running back by committee. Right. Like that was the, that was the plan. That's why they stockpile running backs on this team and a fullback. And yeah, it completely changed. Right. You changed a man that has been in the business a long time, and this is what he does. He likes running back by committee. And nope, he said, nope, I'm good. I got it myself. And I love that. I love Josh Jacobs. I hope he stays with the Raiders. I do too. I do too. Like I said, dedicated a whole show to him yesterday. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was crazy. Every time, uh, you know, we got on another subject, it always ended up going back to Josh Jacobs. So uh, he's earned that. All right, he, I'm going to listen. I got to listen. <laughs> there, hey, you got you to <laughs> listen anyway, Amber. You should be listening. I listen all the time. I listen. I'm a big fan. I'm not kidding. I listen to your podcast. All the time, I'm going to show you my phone at the next game. You can see how many listened episodes are there to check to check to see if I'm lying. There you I will go. show you my phone. I, I am a loyal listener. <laughs> loyal. I don't I don't listen to your radio show as much because I'm not in Vegas. Right. I listen to your podcast. I would say. About three or four times a week. Oh. I don't always get to it every day, but three or four times a week. Hey, there you go. Like I said earlier, like uh, our, our friends don't lie to friends, so I know you got my back. So <laughs> I don't lie. You, you, you know I, me. I don't lie. I'm I like, know. Like, yeah, maybe I miss a day or two, Q, and I feel bad about it. But you know, I got a lot going on. I you guess you on the do. Radio. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm not mad at that. That's great stuff. Well, like you said, you do have a lot going on. What do you have coming up that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, check out, let me think what I'm doing. I'll be on NFL radio Friday morning. Yes. Uh, check that out. Six to nine Pacific. I'm sure, uh, I will always get some Raiders stuff in there, but we'll be talking about Thanksgiving games, getting you ready for week 12. Uh, also got a bunch of fantasy uh, stuff coming up. Westwood one, be sure to check out westwoodone.com and listen to our fantasy advice over the weekend. All of our shows are, po- are posted there. Michael Fabiano is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll, he'll, 
he'll steer you in the right direction. Um, and then back on Sirius Monday and Tuesday next week. So uh, the grind never stops. No. The grind never stops. No, it doesn't. I know it very well, and, and I love it, and that's what we signed up for. Well, Amber, again, uh, thank you so much. It's always great catching up with you. We can do a three-hour show ourselves together. If we really, uh, you know, we're pushed to do it, we can make that happen. But uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a happy holidays. Make sure you and the family are all good. I appreciate you, and I'll see you soon at the next home game. You too, and always good to catch up with you, and please enjoy every moment with, with your sweet family. There she goes right there. Amber Theo Harris, great stuff from her. Sirius XM Radio. You can find her fantasy football if you're a big fantasy football junkie. I am not, but she is really good at fantasy football and, of course, does a fantastic job with the Silver and Black show. And as I mentioned, we could probably do a three-hour show together if uh, you know if push came to shove and it would be a lot of fun. But Amber's great people. Definitely appreciate her this afternoon. Coming up next, we're going to turn our attention to the UNLV, the Rebels, and the Running Rebels. What are they doing on the gridiron? What are they doing on the hoop court? Well, I know on the hoop court – they got a game tonight. We'll find out all about it with Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny Bonsignor will join us coming up at 4 o'clock. He's had an opportunity to be inside the Raiders locker room. He's had an opportunity to talk to Devontae Adams, Derek Carr. He was there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center a little earlier today when we all got a chance to talk to head coach Joshua Daniels. He also sent some locker room sound from Tyler Hall. Tyler Hall is the man who was in for Deron Harmon, came up with the big sack. Chandler Jones forced the pressure on Russell Wilson on Sunday, and then Tyler Hall had a big sack. So uh, there was three sacks on the day for the Raiders. Max Crosby was responsible for two. Tyler Hall got one. Got a little bit of sound from him in the locker room today, so you'll hear that coming up after we talk to Paloma Villacana, who should be joining us in a matter of seconds from Fox 5 Sports to talk all things UNLV. The question that I threw out there on the text line, 69187, keyword R&R, how close is this team to being good? How much tweaking or cleaning up still needs to be done? Let us know about it. 69187 again, keyword R&R. Got a bunch of texts on a bunch of different subjects. Uh, one is from Mailman Raider Max. He said, J.J.'s problem was never skill, was staying on the field. I would love J.J. back, but does he get hurt again after signing a big contract? That's from Mailman Raider Max. And, you know, the funny thing about that is we all remember, you know, Josh Jacobs getting banged up and him being banged up quite a bit. But if you actually go back and look at it, and I know that disability is availability, no doubt about it. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I mean, he's literally missed, I think, six games in his career. In his career. That's not too bad going into your fourth year in the league. Six games is not too bad. So it's right around there. It's the, and, of course, this year has been no games missed. So that's next level. Again, contract year. So I understand the, the concern. I think, and I said it in multiple times, you heard Amber Theo Harris say it just in the last segment, I think if you offer Josh Jacobs a two-year deal, give him some nice upfront money, why not? I'm not saying go give him a four-year Break the bank type, you know, Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, you know, any of those kind of cats money, Le'Veon Bell type money, you know, even the money he turned down in Pittsburgh before he ended up in New York. I'm not, I'm not saying give him that kind of bread, but I do think that offering him something like a two-year deal, at least pursue the guy. I think he's, he's, he's earned that, that pursuit from Dave Ziegler, and I think that it just doesn't make sense to get rid of a guy who's not only a hell of a player, but he's also a hell of a leader, right? He's really the, the heartbeat to this Raiders team. So I just, I just think it makes a whole lot of sense, but I understand the concern when it comes to availability. I also got a text from the 478Q. You're spot on with Keelan Cole and punt returns. I cringe when he gets the ball and he runs tentative. Another guy is fast, almost like he's running uh, not to make a mistake. And that's something that uh, I've seen a few times, and I'm not going to lie. In that game against Denver, when he received a couple of those punts, I said multiple times, just go down, dude. Just go down, dude. 
just go down, dude. You know what I mean? It just and I hate to to feel that way, but it just almost looks like like you said, like he's kind of running tentatively and he's not running real hard, running real fast, and, and you just never know what could happen. You get hit and fumble, and I don't know. I just get nervous with him back there. Maybe just we haven't got used to seeing him back there enough. But, you know, between that, between the, the drop ball that he had against Indy at Allegiant Stadium, you know, now again he came up with a big catch against Denver, right, in midfield. Came up with a big catch uh, on that final drive. So you got to give him credit for that, but I'm not going to lie. I definitely get nervous when I see Keelan Cole near a ball. Uh, let's see. What else? Got a couple more texts. Uh, got a got a got a text from got a text from uh Gangster Raider real quick, and then we'll go to Paloma. Q tell Nate Hobbs that twenty four is now available. I think he'd be perfect player to don the number twenty four. Yeah, man, I think that I think that the Raiders better be careful with rolling that number twenty four out. <laughs> I think everybody better be careful with that number twenty four. Uh, just because, man, the expectations are so high when you put that two four. On your back. So uh, thank you for that. Keep those texts coming at 69187, keyword R&R. Now joining us on the phone lines to talk all things UNLV is our good friend Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. And before I get to the Rebels, let's just go ahead and, and talk about uh, let's talk about the, 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 the running Rebels, the basketball team who's uh, 5-0 and and they're playing tonight. What have you seen from the running Rebels as they continue their, their quest this early in the season? I mean, I'm just seeing consistency from from them on both sides of the ball. It's exciting to see a five and zero start for the first time in five years. Um, you know, I'm just seeing a different you know focus and, and a different talent this year from the Run Rebels. Um, second year with Kevin Kruger, I feel like he knows he knows what he's doing. He's kind of got his butterflies out of the way. He's got his squad locked in and and ready to go. But five and zero, looking to go six and zero tonight against Minnesota. But it's been exciting to see. Uh, Keyshawn Gilbert, their, their sophomore guard, step up. Um, Vicki Walker, also a second-year guy, stepping up. Um, you got new faces on the ground, too. Luis Rodriguez, EJ Harkless was named the Mountain West Player of the Week. So yeah. uh, Kevin Kruger has got his squad on, on a right start, and it's exciting to see. He's got a new coaching staff, new players. Um, so, so everything's kind of working, working in his direction right now. Kind of a slow start on, on Monday night because they tipped off at like 1030 at night. Yeah. Um, but for, for UNLV to fight back and, and find their rhythm late in that game, uh, tonight they tip off at 730. So, um, you know, looking to, to go 6-0 in this, this non-conference start. But for them to already take down a ranked opponent earlier this season, um, it just speaks volumes to how Kevin Kruger is starting off his second year with the Running Rebels, and a lot to be excited for. I mean, I'm locked in and ready to watch every game uh, yeah. this season. No, I am too, and, and I'm enjoying this early basketball season, and, you know, there's a lot of tournaments going on. I mean, I'm looking up at the TV right now. I'm seeing the Maui Invitational going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is are these, you know, early tournaments early in the season, like you said, the non-conference schedule? Mm-hmm. How important is this kind of to, to help build the team camaraderie and, and know who you're going to be moving forward? Well, I know last year they had a really tough non-conference schedule. They played Michigan. They played UCLA. You know, they had a really tough non-conference schedule. And to to come out the gate with a brand-new team, brand-new coaching staff, um, and to play, you know, opponents like that, like, I know it it only helped them, but it's kind of nice to get these these games under your belt against Southern and High Point and Incarnate Word and Southern Illinois and just to get to get maybe I would say like an easier non-conference schedule because you have so many new faces on the team, so many new coaches. You know, you want to find that consistency and that chemistry and you know the ability to tweak things and 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 you know continue to improve. So five and zero start. I mean, I, all their non-conference games are you know they started for four home games at the Thomas and Mac. 
They play these two on the on the road, and then they're back to Thomas and Mac on Saturday against Life Pacific. So um, it's been huge for the Running Rebels to start off the season, you know, four straight wins at home in front of their home crowd uh, to build that chemistry and kind of see which guys are, are stepping up this season and, and excited to see so many new faces. You know, we are trying to figure out who's going to be, you know, the, the score this year, who's going to be their guide. It's kind of looking like EJ Harkless is that guy, mm-hmm. you know, the transfer from Oklahoma. So, um, you know, it's exciting to see. I want to see, I want to see more from the Running <laughs> Rebels as, as they start conference play uh, December 7th against Hawaii. Man, that's right around the corner. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And let's say rough this. My man Danny back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He's got one for you. Yeah, Paloma, you mentioned that this is the first time the Rebel the Rebels have started 5-0 in quite some time. Was there any chatter over the last couple of days about them getting votes to be in the top 25? You know, that's that's definitely something I think they're striving for. You know, that's that's something that Kevin Kruger wants this squad to go to not only make the tournament this year, but go far in the tournament this year. You know, last year under his first year, they fell short in the Mountain West. Uh, championship falling to Wyoming in the quarterfinals. Um, so when I'm when I'm talking to all these players who are coming from Power Five programs, Oklahoma, West Virginia, um, you know there there are a lot of guys who have a lot of experience under their belt. And if they keep this up, I mean, if they keep keep rolling and, and stay undefeated, there's no doubt they're going to make the top 25. And that's the entire goal of of this squad is to not only make the tournament but to go far in the tournament and. What a story for Kevin Kruger and his, his dad, Long Kruger, who's yeah. you know, right behind him mentoring. You know, if Kevin can take his team to, to the Sweet 16 or to the Final Four, you know, that would be incredible for Las Vegas. And you know, everyone's rallying around the Running Rebels and what Kevin Kruger can do this year. So, so far, so good. We'll, we'll see what's, what's, what's up tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, Paloma Villacana is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. EJ Harkless, you mentioned Mountain West Player of the Week. How much is he being counted on by Coach Kruger to really, you know, to be able to lean on him as a leader and also a big-time playmaker when they need a big-time play? Yeah, I asked Coach, I asked Coach about his, his work ethic and, you know, his experience coming from Oklahoma um, and, and playing there in Oklahoma. And I've been, I have been trying to figure out, you know, who's the guy, who's the guy, you know, that, that, that's fighting on both ends of the court, you know, who's mm-hmm. the guy that, that when they need them, when they need him down the stretch to make a clutch shot, and it's EJ Harkless, you know, the fifth-year senior um, from Oklahoma. And I think it's just his experience coming from Oklahoma, how many games he's played, um, and, and, you know, his leadership. So it's exciting to see a transfer kind of step up and be that guy. But, also, Keyshawn Gilbert is right behind him, you know, being being a dog on on both both ends of the court. So we knew Keyshawn had a had a strong freshman season, but I'm excited to see just the leadership. He's just a sophomore, so for him to come out scrapping every night, and I think that's the identity of this team—just mm-hmm. scrappy, you know, just scrappy on both ends of the court. It's not going to be pretty, but somehow they they come out on top and they fight their way until the very end. So I'm excited to just see them continue to get better. Really. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, final question about the basketball team, and that's I think you hit it on the head. It feels like they're going to be a team that is going to hang their hat on defense. They're going to be real scrappy, as you mentioned. Uh, it's going to get ugly early, and then somehow down the stretch they're going to find a way to string together a bunch of buckets and win a bunch of games. It just, I mean, again, it's not a pretty recipe, but it seems like it's a winning recipe. Yeah, and it's just, it's just going to come with time. I mean, they've only played five games this mm-hmm. season. There's still a lot of basketball to play. Um, but if they can dominate and stay undefeated, 
uh, in, in non-conference. I mean, that makes an exciting conference run. Um, you know, and a lot of these guys, they just have a chip on their shoulder. You know, they're unsatisfied from last year. And that's what happens when you get a lot of these transfers that come to a brand new program. You know, they got something to prove. Six-year mm-hmm. senior, they got something to prove. Um, you know, they're unsatisfied from last year. So when you have a whole group of that, um, talented guys, talented guys from Power 5 programs, um, it only makes for an exciting, exciting season. So I'm ready to hit the ground running with, <laughs> with basketball. Basketball season in full swing, you know. Yeah, it is, and they take on Minnesota, as you mentioned, tonight. So uh, tip-off be 730. Uh, looking forward to hearing that. Of course, you can hear it on our sister station as well, ESPN Las Vegas. Now, Paloma, you're doing double duty. You just came back from Hawaii, mm-hmm. so I know that the trip was fun. I saw some of the pictures on Twitter uh, about yeah. the players that were having a good time, but ultimately on the field, the players didn't have a good time. They took an L. What happened? What happened in that game as I was trying to search yeah. for it on TV and I couldn't find it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just – there's so many factors into this game. All I can say is that there was a lot of travel. I mean, yeah. for the for these guys, it's definitely their first time to Hawaii for like a lot of these guys on the team. So I don't know if, you know, maybe the, the eight-hour travel the day before, we checked into the hotel pretty late on Friday night. You know, our body's kind of adjusting to the, to the time difference and everything. All I have to say is that, like, I was tired when kickoff came around at mm-hmm. 6 o'clock at night. So I was like, I don't know if if they were tired or what was going on, but um, offensively, they just could not get things going. And this is the second game we're seeing, um, you know, where Daniel Gutierrez kicks four or five field goals because, you know, his offenses, they're just not finding the end zone. And that's just something I asked Coach Royal. you know, what's the frustration like right now on offense? You guys can't, you know, get into the end zone. You're settling for field goals on third down. Um, you know, what's the frustration like? And he's like, you know, we just got outplayed. We got out physical. Um, you know, the defense was, was bringing it all night long and we weren't able to execute. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm just kind of hearing this consistently. You know, we weren't able to execute. We weren't able to execute, you know, on third down, they're kicking a field goal. So, um, you know, if, if they want to beat Reno this Saturday, man, they need to find the end zone. So, um, you know, it'll be a big task this Saturday with a lot on the line with the cannon, um, and painting the cannon red for the first time since 2019. So, um, you know, it, it is kind of just a confusing season, starting off 4-1, and one, dropping six straight, um, you know, falling against, you know, laying down at, at Hawaii on Saturday. It's just been kind of confusing because we know how good Doug Brumfield is. We know how good these receivers are. We know how good the running back Aiden Robbins is. You know, we've seen on film that these guys can have really great games and, you know, they can have really great runs and, you know, big throws. And you know, it's just... It's just confusing to see them not play consistently and come out with a dub consistently. So, um, you know, they, they need a dub on Saturday. That's yeah. all I can say is they need a dub on Saturday against Reno at 3 o'clock. Um, yeah, if they lose on Saturday against UNR, heading into that game as a 12-point favorite, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, there's just a lot of frustrated UNLV fans. And trust me, I hear it on Twitter and everything. Yeah. I hear all the frustration from UNLV fans. I think it's just because they've seen how good this UNLV football team can play. Mm-hmm. So so to not have those outcomes 
uh, for six games now is it's got to be you know frustrating to be a, a diehard UNLV fan right now. Yeah, it's been a tale of two seasons, really. Like you said, they started out so great and then they dropped six in a row, and especially losing that game in Hawaii, knowing that hey, you win that, you win the you win the cannon, and all of a sudden, boom, you're bowl eligible. You win six games, and I know mathematically there's still a chance that they could become a bowl eligible team, but they mm-hmm. wanted those six wins as as they mm-hmm. should. So this game Saturday, I mean, it's a rivalry game. Obviously, they're disappointed. The team is not feeling good about themselves losing to Hawaii, how much would it be a great way to end the season if they could find a way to win at Allegiant Stadium and, like you said, paint that cannon red again? Yeah, I mean, it's so important for our community, for the city of Las Vegas, for, you know, UNLV, for the seniors on the team. I sat down with Austin Adjukate today, and he was just so emotional saying, wow, you know, it's my last game at UNLV. Mm. And, you know, it so happens to be that we're playing Reno in my last game at UNLV. So, Austin Ajike is one of the best linebackers in the country, you know, leading the Mountain West with 120 tackles. So I know defense has been bringing it. Defense has been bringing it. Austin Ajike has been bringing it, um, playing lights out. And, you know, I I just think on offense, they need to find the end zone. They can't settle for four or five field goals. Um, so, So I hope in practice they were able to just, figure out what's going on on offense why why they're not able to you know just consistently click you know each drive out there so um it's and you know i just i want to see that from doug brumfield that that you know exciting play that he had when he started the season off four and one and so we've seen what these players can do. I just I just want to see them do it one more time on right. Saturday against Reno. Yeah, we know how, how important that game is. I remember the Chuck Wagon used to tell you all the time that the one game he cared about the most was that, yeah. that, Gannon, that yeah. game for the Cannon. So uh, it's going to be a good one at Allegiant Stadium coming up on Saturday. Excited about that. Well, Paloma, before we let you go, uh, I've been talking a lot this week about Josh Jacobs. You know him very well. You covered him in school. He's done so many great things for the, for the Raiders this year. What have you just thought about the performance of Josh Jacobs? the season yeah I mean I'm so happy for him you know it's it's great I know he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder you know coming into the season not picking up his fifth year option you know he goes that's fine I'll work for it I'll work my butt off for it um so to see him I, to me honestly it's like he's one of I mean sometimes I feel like he's the only player out there you know like Derek Carr Josh Jacobs Devontae Adams and like that's it mm-hmm. um so to, to see him just consistently have a great game um, week in and week out, I'm, I'm so happy for him because, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, a little overlooked this year. We weren't sure if he was even going to be a starting running back. He was going to be running back by committee, you know. Right. So um, for him to say, you know, this is my job and look look what I'm going to do and, you know, it's all for, for the team to consistently, you know, push them towards towards a winning record. I mean, I feel like Josh Jacobs, every single play is just giving it his whole heart, his whole being – um, and he plays so scrappy. So, um, you know, proud of him. And, hey, man, a dub's a dub. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Raider Nation's got to feel good. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we all feel – I feel that losing streak with, with UNLV. You know, losing right. is not fun. The plane rides are not fun. The mm-hmm. post-game conferences are not fun. So, um, when you get a dub, a dub is a dub, and you'll take it. So, yes. um, hoping the Raiders can can kind of turn, take the turn, turn the corner, and and you know finish strong. I'm right there with you. I tell everyone all the time that man, even covering a team, you don't have to be playing on the team, but covering a team that's not winning is not as fun as covering a team that is yep. winning. I mean, it's just it's just what it is. So I'm glad you uh, you backed that statement up 100. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you got coming out on the Reb Zone that we need to be on the lookout for? 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's basketball season, football season. Uh, you know, we're we're in full swing. So, um, sitting down with Austin Ajike, the the senior inside linebacker for for UNLV, it's final game at UNLV. So, um, you know, we talk about his NFL dreams and you know what's next for him, and um, you know, and just continuing to shed light on on the UNLV football team. I've been so blessed to to be able to go into that locker room and tell the stories of these these young men who are doing great things on and off the football field. So, um, you know, it's, it's been exciting to be with this, this new group that Coach Arroyo has at UNLV. So, um, you know, blessed every Sunday to, to tell these stories of, you know, all these bright men on, on this UNLV football team. And the basketball season, the running Rebels are rolling. The Lady Rebels are rolling. Yeah. So, you know, a lot going on in Vegas in, in the month of November. So, excited. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, keep up the great work. I know uh, you're doing all the – you're covering it all. UNLV, everything. <laughs> you're all over the place. And uh, we definitely appreciate you. Thanks so much for your insight. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, to you. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, there she goes, Paloma Villacana. Fantastic job, Fox 5 Sports. You can find her on Twitter at Paloma Villacana, covering all things UNLV. Uh, if it's the Aces, when they're playing, she's covering the Aces. Uh, G League Ignite, I wouldn't be surprised if she's covering them too. I mean, just all over the spot. And that's what it is here in, in, in Vegas. There's so much going on, so many sports going on. It's just all year long. Of course, the Golden Knights, don't even get to talk about them very often on the show. But, man, they're doing the damn thing as well. So, uh, man, look, looking forward to everything that's going on here in the in the area sports related got one quick text we'll take a break mailman raider said q it sounds like paloma's talking about the raiders we know how good this team can be they need a win next game we know how good the running back is can't rely on field goals laughing my ass off sounds just like the silver and black we know that they can be good they can't rely on field goals can't kick field goals in the red zone right and when she was talking about that it's funny you said that mailman raider when she was saying that about unlv i was thinking yeah i know a team that we cover like a glove and talk about like a glove here that could do the same thing. So uh, many thanks to Paloma. We do appreciate her. 353 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back. This is Red Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got Vinny Bonsignor coming up at the top of the hour to give us all things silver and black as he was inside the Raiders locker room. Tyler Hall going to hear from him following Vinny Bonsignor. Then we still have Marcel Reese on the way. Uh, got a quick text from uh, Raider Richie in Arizona. Liking what I'm seeing from my Arizona Wildcats in the Maui Invitational. Appreciate Josh Jacobs. He's taking on that Keyshawn Johnson role and saying, give me the damn ball. I can appreciate that. And right now, Arizona's up on Creighton. This is a top 15 matchup in the Maui Invitational. 81-79 with two seconds left. And Creighton is at the line, and he just missed it. I don't know what in the world he just did, but that's not going to work. So there you go. Uh, that's the Maui Invitational right there. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our good friend, ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening? Q's been a, been a while, man. How's it going? I'm blessed, man. I'm doing well. How are you doing? All right. My team is ranked 12th in the nation right now. Nice. But uh, to answer the question that you uh, asked, how far are they, uh, I really don't think they're that far. I think they severely underachieved. I think injuries have taken their toll offensively. I don't think they're far at all. They might actually be right there if everybody was healthy. But it's the defense. In order for them to get to where they need to go, one, two things. They need to either simplify the defense, basically that's Bradley's defense, okay, or two, get all the players you need for your defense. Because my man's defense – is, is the John Gruden of defenses. It, it, it's tough to learn. 
And I don't think I think the players are just playing. That, like you said, they're thinking too much, and that's, that's why they're making mistakes. I, I really think this last game they simplified the defense. Here, you do this, you do this, and you do this, and look what happened. Yeah, they, they didn't do anything outstanding or weird this game or complicated. They put the cover three. You did what you're supposed to do. You cover your zone. Right. You know that's what they need to do. And so anyway, thanks a lot, Q. Appreciate hey. it, man. Miss you guys. Go Raider Nation. Go Raiders. Th- there he goes, ABA Ivan Davis. Appreciate you, brother. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, you know, I think they've been simplifying the defense for a while. And the problem with simplifying the defense, where I agree with you 100%, is that they have to be really, really good at what they're doing if they're going to simplify it because offenses will pick them apart if they're just real simple on defense. But sometimes that's what you have to do. So, to your point, that's what they have to do. But they also, instead of having to do that, also have to improve the personnel so they don't have to simplify their defense. But moving forward this year, it may just have to be exactly that. Thanks so much for the call. We do appreciate you. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor. He'll join us. He was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ. We'll talk to him, get his thoughts and what he heard and what he saw. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.